friends, and welcome back to a special episode of Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, or as we love to call it, the show that helps you grow. My name is uh, Jason Whelan. I'm a pastor on the Spiritual Growth Team here. If we've never met, thanks for joining us. A couple of days ago, we released an episode on different types of prayer, different ways that we can um, engage with prayer. And we mentioned uh, in that episode that we were going to be having a special conversation on intercessory prayer with um friend of Saddleback, Ed Salas. And Ed is here with us today. Ed, how are you doing? Great, Jason. So pleased to be here with you. And I've got to spend the whole morning with so many of the staff members and it's just been a remarkable day. Yes, Ed is um, is a pastor at New Song Church here in Southern California. And, and he has a, a heart and a passion, not just for prayer, but specifically around intercessory prayer. And um, he got to lead a bunch of our staff through a training on intercessory prayer this morning. So we're coming off of that now in this afternoon conversation. Um, but Ed, I just wanted to start by asking if you could share with our listeners just a little bit about your own prayer journey. When did prayer become such a, a big part of your life? Sure. Oh, yes. I'd be happy to share that. Well, I remember being a little teeny kid. I don't think I was more than three years old, mm-hmm. but I remember that prayer started out as pretty scary. Mm. And the reason is, is that I had a younger sister who was really sick mm. and uh, and a life-threatening disease. Mm. And I remember my mom was very anxious, very worried for her. And she pulled me aside and she had me hit my knees. And she said to me, Ed, pray for your sister that she doesn't die. Mm. And then she left the room. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some and of the, you those, feel the pressure, just fill the air. <laughs> even as a three-year-old, it's, it's oh, really wow. sticks in your mind then. And of course, I was confused about who God is and about even what death was about. So yes, yeah. that's an early memory. But I I grew up in a church that believed in prayer, yeah. and uh, I came to know Jesus at about ten years old, and a, a, and a beautiful, wonderful Bible believing church that talked about prayer. Uh, and I did my best through my teen years and young adult years, mm. but it wasn't until. I was in my 30s, and uh, I was working full-time in corporate America, but started taking seminary courses. Mm -hmm. And uh, I found a course in all of the busyness of life and work and family and young kids. I found a course um, taught by a professor that I heard about, but didn't know really anything about. I didn't really fully understand the title of the course, (laughs) But because it fit my crazy schedule, sure. I said, okay. I had a few of those in my day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, find, finding room in the schedule became the priority. Yeah. But it, I, I refer to this course as the, the season in my life with a professor that God used to ambush me mm. in the most powerful and wonderful way. Yeah. Because I think, uh, Jason, my, my prayer life, was sincere, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure that it really had the excitement and the motivation behind it that I didn't even know was lacking. Sure. Until this professor began to introduce me into brand new things mm. that I did not know anything about. Uh, I didn't have any categories for it. I didn't have any theological framework for it. Yeah. 
but he taught us that we could ask God for much bigger things than I ever realized. And specifically, mm. we could ask God to heal others. Mm. And uh, that opened the doors to some brand new ideas. And, and that's where it really began to take off. I think I, I would imagine a lot of people listening either have found themselves or maybe currently find themselves in a place of describing their prayer life like you just did. It was sincere, mm-hmm. um, but it may be lacking in excitement, right? Or, or it may be, it, it, it may have this feeling of like, I know God is listening. I know he's there. And I, I talk with him about some needs in my life. I thank him for meals. I thank him, you know, for different things that have happened. And that's kind of about it. And so I, I, I imagine that's a very common place that people find themselves. Why do you think people struggle with the, or with, with the ability to get, you know, to, to go deeper or to think about prayer in more than just asking for help or for or giving thanks? Yeah. You know, Jason, I think for me, at least in my case, I just hadn't wrapped my head around a real compelling purpose. Mm. And um, it wasn't until I saw, it had to be modeled for me. I got mm. to see examples of prayer. I remember the, the class started on a Friday evening and the lecture began, and the professor was quite brilliant. He was a mellow guy, brilliant. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until he said, let's not just talk about prayer, let's do it. Mm. And then he said, is there anybody here that is in some kind of a pain and we, that we can pray for to see if God will heal, heal you tonight? Yeah. And I thought, oh my gosh, here it goes. <laughs> what does this mean? Yeah. Um, and it was a young pastor from an Orange County church that raised his hand and uh, came up to the front of the class. There's only about 30 people in the class. Mm -hmm. And as they're both facing uh, the classroom, the professor looks at the young pastor and he says, may I place my, and he asks him, what's what's the problem? It's my back. I have lots of pain in my lower back. May I place my hand on your lower back? Mm. Young pastor said, sure. And then the professor began to pray. Hmm. And it was very mellow and very, in fact, today I refer to that prayer as the boring prayer. <laughs> <laughs> I said, that's it? Yeah. That's You're like, wait a second. I was expecting I was, fireworks I, of prayer. I, I really was. An oratory here. <laughs> <laughs> but there was something about the simplicity of it that actually hmm. was kind of drew me in a yeah. little bit. So he prayed for maybe a minute minute and a half. It wasn't long. And then he looked at the young pastor and he said, so how do you feel now? And the young pastor said, oh, well, uh, I think I feel a little better. And the <laughs> professor said, no, if you don't really feel better, you don't need to say that you do. Mm. Then he said, go ahead and take your seat. Oh, Jason. And that moment he had me. Mm. I said, this is integrity. Yeah. This is honesty. He had nothing at stake to protect his reputation or his ego. It was just, okay, doesn't always work. Yeah. So he had my ears for the rest of the course. The next day, uh, he prayed for 
couple of other people and there were some immediate answers mm. in regards to helping people get more healing and, and even freedom. Sure. And I began to feel like, oh God, I did know that you still do these kinds of things. Mm. And I feel, and this, I'm not sure if this, there's even words for this, but I felt like, I feel like I'm a part of the gospels that we read about. Sure. And we see Jesus doing some remarkable things, mm. but now maybe it's still real for today. Yeah. And so that's when it got very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I think there's something to that. I think there's that, this idea that people almost get afraid to ask for more or to pray in such a way that if it doesn't happen, it's it's like you're letting something down. It's like, oh, well, I guess I'm not strong enough a Christian, or I guess, you know, for some reason God didn't show up in here. But in the example that you cited of the professor just saying, you don't need to fake it. It's okay. Yes. It's God's choice whether yes. He was going to heal you in this in the after this prayer or not, and that's fine. Yes. And you know, but it doesn't mean that I'm not going to pray again for the person tomorrow, and see and and let God do His thing if He wants to. And in in some cases, it sounded like He it sounded like He did. So having that freedom of saying yes. of saying our call is to pray, it's God's call. It's God. It's it's God's role to to answer the prayer how He wants. Yes. That's yes. powerful. We must be willing to leave the results to God. Yeah. Whatever they are. So you actually reminded me of something, Jason. There's a, a category or a, a thing that I began to call goofy theology. Mm. And sometimes really goofy theology shows up sure. to explain when we think prayer didn't work. Yeah. And uh, you kind of hinted at it. Sometimes it's like, uh, well, since I'm kind of the expert praying and it didn't work, there's a blame shifting that sometimes can happen. Yeah, uh, I don't think you had enough faith or you must have some sin in your life. Mm. And Jason, over the years, and this is a very sad thing to report, I have met a number of people who have been seriously wounded in a prayer experience. Mm. And I just know that the Lord's heart is broken. Yeah. And that it shouldn't be that way. So I think we have to go into this understanding again that our reputation is not on the line yeah. and it's not about my ego that it's all about what God chooses to do in the moment. Yeah. And so may I say this, I want to suggest that the ultimate desired outcome for prayer cannot be the answer itself. Mm. That the, I would suggest that the ultimate desired outcome for prayer is always more intimacy with our heavenly father. Mm. If that happens, regardless of any other results, that is something that we can celebrate. Yeah. And that prevents goofy theology from creeping in and people getting wounded and damaged because something more was at stake other than the heart of God and love that he has for them. Yeah. And at the yeah, and and on that, I love that idea that if if you've been praying fervently for something. And it doesn't happen, right? If the person you've been praying for healing for doesn't become healed here, then 
that's okay for you to then bring that to God and say, God, I don't understand this. Yes. And you can talk to, that's the, that's an intimacy part that you're talking about. Absolutely. Intimacy doesn't always have to mean like, well, I still feel great about everything. It can also mean just drawing you closer in relationship. And that can be through joy and, and happiness, or it could be through hardship too. That can bring you closer to your father in that way. Absolutely. Yes. Mm. You know, the, one of the crazy things that is so uh, so remarkable and and yet wonderful about our God is that He desires relationship with each one of us. Yeah. So we are invited into that. It's our responsibility just to respond and say yes and enter into that. Yeah, I I, I love that. We did an episode um, a couple of months ago around this topic called um, "What um, Happens When God Says No" or something like that, uh, or what do we do when God says no? And so I'm going to link to that episode in the show notes below because that's it takes that conversation that, that we were just having at in and does a whole episode kind of around that topic. Um, I, I wanted to transition a little bit with you to specifically more, more talk about intercessory prayer. You bet. So could you, for for our listeners, if they didn't hear last uh, our episode a couple days ago, could you give us a definition in your own words about what intercessory prayer is? Sure. Sure. Uh, intercessory prayer, as I understand it and continue to le- learn, it's always a learning process, oh, sure. but it's always praying on behalf of somebody else. Yeah. Uh, one, uh, the word intercession comes from the Latin, and if you break it down, it basically the, the person who is interceding is a go-between. Yeah. They are the person who chooses to stand in the gap. Mm. So Jason, the way I like to say it is that for those of us that pray, whatever type of prayer it is, we are actually standing at the intersection of the unseen realm and that which we see, the material realm, yeah. the natural realm. Mm-hmm. And so very quickly, we are just there in the presence of God. And then we specifically and intentionally pray on behalf either for another person or for a situation, or maybe it's for a city yeah. Maybe it's we're praying for our church or whatever it is. Sure. It's praying on behalf of someone else. I think that, and in, in, I would imagine for you listening, you may think, oh, well, I do that. I I pray for other people. And I, I think there's something to naming it, to naming the action of, you know, of, of taking the idea of praying for somebody else and giving it that name of, you know, I'm, I'm stepping in to intercede on, on behalf of this person. I am going to engage in intercession. It almost gives it a little bit more like, oh, okay, I, I'm doing this. Like, like there is something extra here to yes. it that I think it's kind of it's it, it, it feels a little bit more uh, powerful almost when you name it that way and, and and put a little bit more intention into what you're doing with interceding with praying on behalf of somebody. Yes. And, and then you just also reminded me that, so let's say, for example, we are, we are a friend of ours or somebody says, would you pray for me? And what's our normal response? How would you like me to pray? Or what would you like me to pray sure. about? Yeah. That's very common. Yeah. And they'll share something, mm-hmm. a situation, something they're going through, some, some kind of a desired outcome. Sure. And so as I learn how to do intercessory prayer, I listen carefully mm-hmm. And I affirm, got you, I will pray. But oftentimes there's so 
much more <laughs> than just that one thing. Yeah. And so really, I think the next level of intercession is saying, Lord, you know, I know, first of all, you love this person. Yeah. And I know you have your best for this person. And Lord, nothing that they've asked for surprises you. But Lord, there's probably more going on here. Mm. There's, you know, generally there's more, always more than usually. Yeah, yeah. And so then we say, Lord, would you reveal your heart regarding this child of yours mm. that you're so crazy about? Lord, they have expressed a desired outcome. Lord, what is your desired outcome? Yeah. And it's usually much grander. Mm. It's usually much more comprehensive yeah. than they could have ever thought. Mm. And so part of intercessory prayer is not just saying words, but it really begins with listening to God and capturing his thoughts about the situation we're praying about. Mm. I love that that idea that there's opportunity to take something and go even deeper with yes. it in your relationship with God because of and for your relationship with that person, yes. right? Because intercession can be something as simple as just saying a person's name. Like Lord, you hear? I don't know what's going on with this person. But I just want to. Yes. I just want to utter this person's name to you, knowing that you know. Yes. That's that, that. That's almost as basic as as it gets. Absolutely. And then you can take the you know specific need that the person asked for. Yes. And and you can just focus on that. But then, but there's also an opportunity to go deeper and just say, Lord, you know everything there is about this person. You know the heart behind the need. You know the need behind the need that this person says, yes. right? You know the thing beneath the thing, as Steve Carter would call it, the thing beneath the thing. Yes. And and be able to talk with God on behalf of this person, say and say, you know, I know that Ted didn't, you know, mention this part to me, but I know, I know that my brother is hurting in a different way, and I want to bring that to you. Either hurting in a different way, of course, but also that the Lord has. Is, is working in a way that we might not be aware of yet. Yes, yes. And there's a and there's a really great biblical example that we can that we can talk about for a moment. So the apostle Paul is talking is talking about revealing some personal things about the things that he's been talking to God about. Yeah. In Second Corinthians chapter twelve, mm. and he talks about having this what he calls a thorn in the flesh. Yeah. Now none of the experts I mean, we guess about what that thorn sure. in the flesh might have been. It might have been a physical ailment mm-hmm. or a condition. Uh, it, the thorn in the flesh might have been a relationship issue. Sure. We're not sure. But he does say very explicitly, he says, I came to the Lord three times. And I'm taking that to mean three seasons of pleading with God regarding sure. whatever. Because it's a thorn in the flesh, it was probably very uncomfortable mm. and probably painful. Mm. And so he lays it out before the Lord just as he's experiencing it and asking for a certain thing. And then he says, but the Lord said to me that my strength is made available. It's revealed through weakness. Mm. And then the apostle Paul makes this declaration. He says, I've experienced the grace of God in such a way that I could not have otherwise. He concludes that that the specific answer that he wanted 
was not nearly as important or significant as what how God responded. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can you talk a little bit about our calling as Christians to engage with intercessory prayer? What, mm. what does the Bible say about, about our calling to intercede on behalf of others? Yes. I think the Bible is very clear. The New Testament especially is very clear. And how Jesus models prayer. Mm-hmm. The example of Jesus is a good place to start. He's constantly <laughs> yeah. praying. He's co- he takes long chunks of time where the disciples don't even know where he's at because he goes away to pray. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, oh, where's Jesus? Uh, he's off. He's he's off praying again. Yes. He's off doing his thing. He created. He created space in his busy schedule. I love it. Yes. In fact, probably the the ministry that he had was powered by the intimate relationship he had with the Lord. Mm. And then he brought that into the moment, every every moment, every situation. Yeah. So the, the ministry of Jesus is a, a primary example. But then I think throughout the the, the scriptures, we see uh, we, we are exhorted to pray. And I think intercessory prayer is for every single person that calls themselves a Christ follower. Mm-hmm. And over time, as we engage in that, we get to know him better and uh, and yeah, and that becomes just such a joy as we enter into that. I think a lot of people think about intercessory prayer in almost specifically go to a place of praying for somebody's healing for their needs in this way. You know, like um, people starting a prayer chain because of going through cancer treatments or something like that. But intercessory prayer doesn't necessarily just have to be about oh, healing or about a need. It can be. It, it, so, can you talk a little bit about um, the broad availability of intercessory prayer? Yes, we could pray about anything, Jason. Yeah. So, I think what you just described it, it could be needs based, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, sometimes there's a, there's some intercessors that probably specialize in pray for various crises that surface. Sure. Um, so we might call that person a crisis intercessor, but we also can pray that the Lord would bring revelation, reveal himself or, uh, reveal how he's working. We might also, and one of the things that I like to do is say, Lord, how can I bless this person? How can I, how would you use me? What is it that's on your heart? And then sometimes intercessory prayer is actually releasing blessing Mm. to a person or a situation where God is already working. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that is so powerful. And a part of really what comes with this is making yourself available to engage with this, is giving yourself the time and the space. Cuz I think that time becomes kind of a barrier for people's prayer life. Is people are on the go, people are busy, you know, people's get get into the flow of their lives in prayer can be easily become something that gets shortened and shortened or it gets bypassed because of something that came up or whatever. But I think to, I think what we're talking about here is trying to give yourself this bandwidth to make prayer almost a, you know, a, a more important part of your daily schedule. Is that something that we're kind of talking about here a little bit? I think that that is, it's kind of like, I think we can see this in, in our, the important interpersonal relationships that we have. Mm. If we if we say to somebody, I really care about you or I love you, then it would 
probably followed that we look forward to spending time with that person yeah. and sharing life with that person. And I think it's exactly the same thing with, with our God that because we love him and the Bible says, because he first loved us mm. in response to his love and affection for us in response to his approval, then we just enter into that interpersonal personal relationship with him. Yeah. We, we talk with him, we interact with him and then in intercession, then we, even move it beyond ourselves and say, Lord, there's other people you care about and how can I be a part of what you're doing in their lives? Mm. You wrote a book called The Praying Church. Yes. And in it, you talk about um, praying with God's power. Can you talk a little bit about what this means? Mm. You know, I think it starts with, again, it's discerning what's on God's mind. Mm. But Jesus said it best in the uh, Gospel of John, he said, I only do what I see my father doing. Yeah. That actually is a key. <laughs> that is the key. So if we start with, God, what are you up to? Yeah. And how can I join you in that? We have a high probability if God is involved already, our prayers are going to be answered really in extraordinary ways. Mm. We're not praying something different than God has has in mind. Yeah. We are actually in the flow of what he already has in mind. So I think it starts with that. And and that is that is powerful. Mm. Uh we, we'll see we'll see our prayers answered a lot faster. <laughs> and yet, so if God is already up to it, should we might ask, well then why do I need to pray? And then this is another principle of a prayer. God um invites us into partnership with himself. Mm -hmm. So there's something that I like to say that kind of captures this, I think. And it goes like this. God always does all of his part. Mm -hmm. Always. But he doesn't do our part. He doesn't do our part. He always leaves something for us. Yeah. Because from the very beginning, he's invited us into partnership. Mm -hmm. He could do it by himself, but he doesn't because that's a part of our relationship that we have with him. Yeah. He wants us to participate. It's a part of what it means to be a, a child of God, a, a co-heir with Christ, is being a part of the family business, yes. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> Which I think is an interesting way to think about it, is God wants to be, you know, he wants to be in partnership with us. He wants us to engage in the family business of what he's doing. Yes. Um, what are some ways that you've uh, been able to practice a discerning God's will in the areas that, that he is working so that we can pray in partnership with him. Yes. So I oftentimes I might have a name of a person on a piece of paper sure, and, um, and they may have even been very specific. These are some things that are coming up, but I think it's some of the questions that we ask are rather significant mm. because I think if we start with questions then we can expect answers. Yeah. So I asked a question earlier, Lord, what are you up to today? Yeah. Lord, what are you up to in this person's life? Mm. Those are questions. And then the best part about prayer isn't just what the words that we speak, mm. but also in the listening. Mm. And in the listening, just so you know, Jason, I have never heard the audible voice of God. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've actually met one or two people that have, mm -hmm. but, but not that many people have heard the audible voice yeah. of God. But 
many of us, if we have had a relationship with Jesus for a while, would say, you know, I think I know the inaudible voice of God. And it's very real. Mm. And I know it's him. And when we get to say that because it's a reality, then we ask questions and we expect an answer and it becomes a two-way dialogue. Mm. And so I think that's part of the discernment process. For some things, for some things we invite other people. If it's appropriate sure. and it's not a confidential matter, yeah. we can do a discernment process that says, will you join me so that we might discern the heart of God together? Mm. This is very common in uh, in situations where we work together as a team. Sure. If there's a team involved, then we share it with the team. It brings us together. And then it's almost like God reveals one aspect to one person and one part to another person. Yeah. And it's almost like putting together a jigsaw puzzle mm. until all the pieces are together. And now we can see more clearly what this, what this thing is, yeah. what it looks like and what it's about. Yeah. And the same thing can work between spouses or as a family, if you have something yes. you're praying oh, about as a yes. family, you can pray about it together and talk about, about have you heard God speaking to you? Like, how have you seen God moving? And as you said, put it together like in a jigsaw puzzle. I think that's it's powerful to do that in different units, as a team, as a couple, as a family. There's powerful opportunities. I actually love so much that you brought up the family part to oh, that. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason is so... When you are committing to pray, mm-hmm. you will find out pretty quickly that prayer, praying with others brings a close closeness, almost like a, a, a we're almost like a deeper intimacy with them. Yeah. And so, and so, let's say, for example, since you you mentioned family, if a, of a married couple says, "How do we get closer?" Yeah. Um, one of the answers, one of the ways, is learn how to pray together. Mm-hmm. And watch what happens. Watch how when you connect your card, your heart, not only to one another, but you connect your heart to God at the same time. Oh my gosh, something beautiful happens. Mm. And um, I've seen it time and time again. Mm. And what about parents that will pray with their children? Mm. Uh, I loved it when my children were little, when they asked me to pray with them. Mm-hmm. There was like maybe nothing more rewarding as a dad than to pray with my children, sure. especially because they wanted to, <laughs> you know, before they went to sleep at night, for example. Yeah. So yes, praying with others and connecting our hearts and then letting the Lord do what he does can really bring us closer together. For people who may be in the position where, that we talked about at the beginning of the episode, where they find that their prayer life is is pretty rudimentary, is just praying for needs and praying for thanksgiving, but they've listened to this and they really are craving this. They have this craving saying, I want more out of this. I yes. want to engage in the type of prayer that Ed has been talking about. Yes. What are some next steps for people who sure. can start to enter into that arena? Sure. A few thoughts come to mind, Jason. One of them is we do need to create this space in our lives. Yeah. Yes. Well, I could tell stories about wanting things uh, and wanting some really good things and uh, but not making space for God to to, sure. to do those things. So by creating space, we're creating time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I especially love my house the most when I have certain a certain room. It's the living room sure. to myself, and it's perfectly quiet. And I can put on my headphones, and I can 
and I can just create an ambiance where I can relax and just connect with God. So creating mm -hmm. space mm -hmm. is one start. But you know, a lot of things that we might want to try by ourselves are meant to try with others mm -hmm. and we ask for help. Yeah, we, Maybe we find somebody who's already in our life that is a friend or somebody that we go, mm, I think they have, they have prayer stuff that I, I bet I could benefit from. I bet I could learn from them. I think it's really a good idea to go to them and say, can I hang with you? Can I, can I watch and can I observe? Mm. And would you impart a couple of thoughts for me and, and do that if there are people in our lives that can, uh, that can, can do that, model it for us and even pray with us. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good way as well. Mm, I think, yeah, I think that's a really neat idea is to, because prayer at its heart is relational. Oh yes. And so then engaging in, another part of the family of God, engaging with a brother or your sister in your conversation with your father, like there's something powerful in that. I think that's really For cool. sure. Oh yes. I think you get very exciting very quickly. Yeah. And if you are not a part of Saddleback, if you are a part of Saddleback, you know, that there's a big encouragement from us to check in with your church about a prayer ministry that they have going on too. At Saddleback, we have... A prayer ministry, if you're listening and you're part of Saddleback and it's something you want to get involved with, please do so. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes below. And But w whatever church you're at, reach out to your leadership there and just find out and say, how do I get more involved in praying for my church family? And I'm sure they would be happy to talk It'll with you about it. It'll be music to their ears, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Ed would know. Can, this is what he does at his church. <laughs> um, Ed, I just want to thank you so much for your heart behind this. I want to thank you so much for the time that you've given, not just our staff today, but in talking with me today and talking with everybody who is listening right now and um, just to you know help to usher us into this space that God has called us to that really allows for this greater relational development between us and God and us and other people. When we talk about praying on behalf of others, there's yes. it's powerful. And so I'm really just grateful for your time oh, here today. Jason has been my privilege. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. uh, friends, uh, this, I hope you enjoyed this uh, special bonus episode of doable discipleship. We'll be back with another new episode uh, on Tuesday. We love you and uh, we'll see you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events lastly you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com send us your thoughts send us your questions your bible questions your life questions whatever who knows your question might just inspire an upcoming episode thanks again for tuning in to doable discipleship i'm jason whelan and i hope you'll join us again next week